on the move. This is Mike Africa Jr. and this is my podcast where we illuminate the issues and struggles of the people, inform the uninformed, and give you nothing but the truth. On the move is here to disrupt the system and spark a global revolutionary change. On the move, on the move, on the move. This is Mike Africa Jr. You're on the move with Mike Africa Jr. Today, co-hosting and talking about this uh, very historic and important day for the American people, I, I guess. My dad, Mike Africa Sr. Give it up for Mike Africa Sr. Hey, dad, how you doing? Hey, man, how you doing? How you feeling today? I feel great. Feel great. That's a good answer. Every day is a good day outside of that prison, right? All gravy, man. I hear you. I hear you. Fresh air. It's all fresh air. Fresh air. So what was mom doing today? Did you guys do anything today? Uh, no, I dropped her off at her brother's, man. You know, she's still taking care of her brother. Chuck is still, you know, ailing, battling that uh, deadly, um, cancerous. Cancer. Yeah. Cancer yeah. is a desert. Malady, man. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. The whole thing is horrible. And, uh, you know, Chuck has no quit. You know, he all fighting his DNA, man. But uh, that's a struggle, you know. Yeah. Did you guys do anything today? Did you go out and walk or anything before you went to his house? No, we got down there fairly early uh, this morning. And uh, Chuck was ready. You know, he went to an appointment uh, today. So he's been gone all day, you know, so. Right. Okay. So yesterday was a historic day. For America. And I wouldn't be me, and I, you certainly wouldn't be you without telling your real feelings about how you feel about this election. I mean, everybody's going crazy about Trump. Everybody wants Trump out. And uh, we all have our feelings about that and, and what that looks like and what should have happened, shouldn't have happened, how much involvement trust people have in this electoral politic system, so to speak, right? Uh, so we're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to talk about um, not just the events of, of what happened, but also like the future and what this could or would actually mean, right? Also, I heard a lot of thoughts about the people. I mean, when we send these out, we, we ask the people to, to respond. Tell me how you feel. Let me know. For the people that want to talk about this and hear you know, the thoughts of Mike Africa Jr., they've been reaching out and saying, hey, this is what I think about what happened and what should have happened and how I feel about the whole Biden taking over a thing and all of that. So we're going to get we're going to get into it, right? We're going to get deep into it. And <laughs> knee deep, feet first up to our waist. <laughs> right? All right. Okay. <laughs> all right, cool. Before we get too deep into it though, yesterday was Questlove's birthday. All right. So I just wanted to say, "Hey, Quest, if you're listening, bro, happy birthday to you, man. Uh it, it was I, I had a really good time uh hanging out on your on your podcast with you." Um, at some point we'll get you over here and, and get one of these done over here with me. But uh, I hope you have a happy birthday week. You deserve it, bro. And keep on doing what you're doing. You, what you got? 50 down? You got 50 more to go. 50 more to go. Amazing musician too, man. Yeah. Amazing musician, man. Active spirit, man. So yeah, happy birthday to you, brother. All right. So we're going to get into it. Ready? Personal thoughts. What are your personal thoughts? Like, I know how I feel. Like for me, you know, I've never voted a day in my life. And my personal my personal thoughts of of the whole voting process has just been that it doesn't really give us what we need and there's other ways to achieve that, 
right? I've thought about getting into it more lately, uh, more on the local level, but as far as the national level, I haven't really seen it benefit us or our people in a way that's really worth voting for. That's my personal feeling. What's your personal feeling? Yeah, mine is uh, similar along those lines. Uh, I, you know, I just don't see the point of, you know, people continually, you know, just coming up with these lies, man. They just lie to you and tell you, you know, either they, they're optimistic themselves or they're just liars, you know. Um, but either way, it amounts to the same thing, you know. Seldom does things get done um, for the benefit of the population of the planet, you know, and, um, you know, so most times I just don't see the point and I don't see that, you know, you know, the process is, is just not worth getting that, uh, excited about, um, when the results is usually the same. And that, that brought me to my next question. Is anything going to change? I mean, we've gone from from the first president that America has seen and, and up to the presidents now, the progressive change seems to be worse. Is no. anything going to change for the people that are suffering in prison? And is anything going to change for the environment? Is anything going to change for mothers, single parents? What What's going to change? Well, you know, I can't predict the future. But I can point to markers in the past or of the past. Uh, you know, people can point to, you know, the so-called end of slavery as, a, you know, as a marker and, uh, uh, you know, something that was beneficial to the population, especially the black population. Um, and, uh, but aside from historic things like that, you know, Things is uh, stay stagnant a long time, man. They're like glaciers, you know, they move real slowly. Progress, you know, appears very slowly, and uh, it's not something you can really, really see. You know, just because you have a different color of a person who takes office, you know, it doesn't signify change at all. And I'll, I'll add that that change doesn't, the, the change, even with the change that comes, it doesn't come without some tremendous pressure and efforts from so many people. Well, that's the only way change does happen. Dying. Only way it does happen. Harriet Tubman. Only way it does happen. You know, you got to put pressure on folks, man. They don't, you know, they don't do things. Just devil's advocate question. We're talking about Biden now. He's the now president of the United States. And a lot of people, they have a lot of hope in him because he's not Donald Trump. What do you think about that? Well, you know, you've seen it all before, man. His brother said, you know, it's all a rewind. You know, is you know, I remember hearing that uh, about the Kennedys, man, and, you know, how much hope people had them and what they were going to change and, you know, how they would rather have him than Johnson, how they would rather have this person than that person. And, uh, you know, it's all been rotten 
for certain segments of the population. And I'm not just talking about racially, I'm talking about economically as well. You know, poor folks has always gotten it bad. They're always going to get it bad because a capitalistic society requires an underclass and underclass is going to be poor folks. They're going to be made for if they don't have, it's like prisons. If, if they'll build prisons because they know they're going to fill them. You know, it's uh, it's not a correctional institution; it's a money-making institution, right? Devil's advocate. So, when they build prisons, they don't build prisons with the expectations that people are going to follow law, because they know if they have enough poor people, they're always going to have enough people to fill those prisons. But well, being poor has nothing to do with committing crime. There is a book called "When Jobs Disappear: The Residual Effects, The Downward Spiral." Of, uh, of effects that automatically happens when jobs are no longer present. And one of the main things that goes up is crime because they don't have food. They don't have money. So, you know, the crime is really that you have poverty in a nation that is, you know, well, or oh, if we have a why, pandemic, why? we got we got trillions of dollars to, you know, to throw out at you. You know, well, you had you had people sleeping on the street. You have people missing. You have. Well, wait, well, but jobs don't disappear. People lose jobs because they're not skilled. They lose jobs because they're not educated. They lose jobs because they their behavior might not be up to the standard of the job requirement, right? So they don't just lose, they don't just disappear. People lose jobs, right? But Sure, well, you have factories that move to other places, and that's a lot of jobs. You have a lot of situations that... Well, you can't blame the factory owner if he decides to take his factory to another location. No, right? If he wants to do that, right. this is, his, as they say, this business. is America, that's right? You can do what you want to it's do. It's literally his business. But jobs, nonetheless, disappear well, no as business. a result. Right. These things happen. These things happen. You, you, you encourage people to come up to your part of the country, your part of the state. Move up here. You can be pr prosperous here. Then you move there and you got all your roots here and then they move. Well, they can afford to move. You can't. So jobs disappear. So what do those kids do? You know, those things were built around certain things. So if uh, the schools came. Because of that situation, then you have teachers that move on, but the kids can't afford to go anywhere because their families are stuck there. So what happens? So what does it? Ha what happens when kids don't have schools to go to, places to play? You know what happens? You know you don't have programs. You don't have after-school programs. You don't have much for the kids to do. What's going to happen? So what? What has happened? What has happened is you have more people to fill the jails. So we're talking about hope, right? Because that's what this is really about. It's about hope. It's about a person coming in to change a situation that was in dire need of change, right? In this country, Biden is saying there's hope. You don't have to commit a crime to come up. He got that's you. what they did. He, he got you. <laughs> that's what they did. <laughs> That's what who did? The people in power. That's what they did. They committed crimes. They 
You what know, they, they pollute. What did they do? Biden ran fair square. He didn't, he didn't commit a crime. Well, that's not the only business. Okay. What's the other business? The other business is, is pollution. That's not a crime. It's environmental crime. Yes, it is a crime. That's not a crime. It sure is. It sure is. Polluting the water is not a crime. Well, I mean. Polluting air is not a crime. Right, so, you know, polluting populations okay, so of animals said, right, is so not, you, you know. So you just said when murdering. jobs disappeared, they gave you a job. See? Running the nuclear power plant. Yeah, and that's what they do. They, they create. They create a business. They create a business, polluting air. Then they create another business to so-called clean it up, and they kill everybody in the process. So you know what happened just there? A lot of people just got jobs. Yeah. See. Okay. Jobs. Just jobs reappeared. No, they don't. Okay. All right. But for real, the hope, right? That's what this is all about, you know. Um, and I guess like you know, Biden says this thing about unity, right? Unity is the way to solve these problems, right? And and that's what true hope lies in. It lies in the unity of the people, of the American people coming together and working together, right? So is there any hope that the people can come together and eliminate the type of reactions that we saw on January the 6th? All those people stormed the Capitol, right? right? So like, is there any hope to unify these people with, rest of the population and work together to achieve this hope that we're all hoping for. Right. And uh, that's, you know, that would almost be funny uh, if it wasn't so serious, you know, because they know they have no intentions of unifying any, anyone or anything, man. Well, what would be the purpose? What would be the purpose in them not unifying people? Why would they, why would, why wouldn't they want people to be unified? Why wouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, if everybody's together, I mean, I'm not talking, if everybody's together and everybody's working together and in harmony, why, what would be the problem with them, w- w- with the lack of unity? Well, certain things can't be mentioned in the same sense. You know, if you're a capitalist, how are you, how are you possibly going to be unified? You know, capitalism, by its definition, means things are unequal. And if you are an unequal you're not going to be there. There's not going to be unity. What does that even mean? Capitalism means that. Okay, capitalism is a system of. Capitalism means the unequal distribution of goods and services. Okay. By its de- by its definition, that's what that means. So if you're unequally distributing goods and service services, that is unequal right there. There is no unity in that. You know, the, the the one bad word they have that capitalists have is socialism. They don't want people to be socialism, socialist. They don't want an equal distribution of anything. That's a bad word in America. So if they don't want the equal distribution of anything, you're not you're never going to have unity. That means you're going to have a bunch of this and the person over there will be sleeping in the street. Yeah, well, when I was in school. My teacher taught me that communists, socialists, those different types of governments like those that the structures and and the way they distribute their resources means that you can never get ahead. Yeah. Well, let me. And if you work hard in a capitalistic society, you have the opportunity to work hard and achieve and move up. So the people that are not working hard is an example, an indication 
that they're never going to really be able to achieve and get to those better positions. Yeah, well, socialists, and let me make this make this clear, I'm not advocating for socialism either. You know, I'm, I'm advocating for self-government, right? I don't need you to lead me to anything, and I don't need you to give me anything if I have my own. If I can plow my own land and grow my own food, till my own uh, fields and all, I don't need you to give me anything. You know, I'll have what I need. I'm not aspiring to be over you. I'm just aspiring to live. You know, so I'm not advocating for that either. Um, But uh, I forgot your question. What was your question? People can work hard and they can achieve and they can move up the ladder. What's wrong with that? Well, see, if you're asking me, I don't know where else you want to move to. All I want to be is comfortable. All I want to be is respected. All I want to do is have my my children safe and able to, you know, run in the fields or wherever they want to go to without threat of someone else harming them because they don't have what they need. You know, but when you have a system that is so unequally or so unequally distributed goods and services, then, you know, you're going to have a problem, man. You're going to have a problem. And they profit from that, too. So you think that in this country now, Biden is the president and he has a dream himself. According to him, the dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. His dream is to see everybody get justice. Now, if you're plowing your own fields and you're doing the work that you got to do, you're handling your business. There's a lot of people that ain't doing that same thing, that ain't working hard, right? They have the opportunity, though. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, what was it? Martin Luther King that said, uh, you know, you want people to pick themselves up by their own bootstraps when you've stolen so many others' boots. You know, they don't have anything to start from because they've been subjugated in this society for so long, for too long. You know, and many are still suffering because of it. You know, so they don't have any seeds. They don't have any fields because you've stolen them all. You know, you got people that got, you know, a gazillion dollars, man. And you're telling them to, you know, when they uh, give their kids those kind of fantastic starts from the stolen lands that they inherited. You know, and these other kids had nothing. You know, their parents never even owned a home. Where are they start, supposed to start from? You know, they can work, you know, and they do work. It's not like they don't work, man. You don't have to be doing anything to be locked up in this system. All you have to be is available, as John Africa says. All you have to be is available, and they'll do the rest, man. You know, stop and frisk. You know, they got a million things they'll lock you up for just so they can make another dollar by locking your ass up. Did you hear Amanda Gorman? She spoke today. I heard. She was, by the definition of many Americans, fantastic. I listened to her speech and I don't even know if I remember what she said, but I was mesmerized. Okay. Very, very, very articulate, poet, fantastic job. 
Her mother was a single parent, pulled herself up by her bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Single parent, descendant of slaves, sent her daughter to Harvard. Okay. Harvard. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it costs to go to Harvard, but I know it's a pretty penny. And you got to be really smart just to get accepted, right? We talk about people pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. That's a lot of Americans who started with less than zero, right? That was able to find a way, work hard. They ain't don't have to commit no crime. How come other people can't do that? Other people do do that. I, but everybody, everybody is not a Michael Jackson, James Brown, Ray Charles, you know, um, Tina Turner. Everybody's not these folks, Oprah Winfrey. It's not that other folks are not working just as hard. Everybody is not as talented that way. Everybody can't put their words to be a poetic order like this young lady was. That don't mean that they're not trying. That don't mean that they aren't as talented in doing something else of caring for someone. You know, you have home care specialists like your mother, you know, who does a terrific job with her brother who has cancer. I bet you to him, she's as poetic in what she does than that young lady is or as that young lady is. You know, but everybody does not see that. You know, everybody's not aware of that. And she had a huge stage today. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to belittle her effort. I'm just saying when you said other people putting, uh, you know, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps, man, you got fathers, you know, sisters and brothers coming home and um, toiling away in neighborhoods that are riddled with, you know, that criminal element that makes things much, much harder for them and they succeed every day in raising their families. You know, and they have a bunch of kids or one child, you know, but the odds are against them succeeding in raising those children in such conditions, but they do it. So to say that, you know, that mother raised that child, you know, and she picked herself up by her bootstraps. There's millions of people doing the same thing, man, that are not recognized until they, you know, they, somebody recognize them and bring them up to that stage. Okay. That's a good answer. Biden said, we have never, ever, ever failed in America when we've acted together. What, what comes to mind when you, when you hear that statement? I don't know what he's talking about. He right. said we've never, <laughs> ever, ever failed when we've acted together. Uh, well, my immediate response is they've never, ever, ever acted together on anything. You know, they've all, you know, where has the unity that he hopes for ever been demonstrated in this country? Ever. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he's talking about either. But it sounds like what he's saying, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it sounds like what he's saying is when we work together, we get the job done. Yeah. 
Well, what is he talking about? Bombing somebody, another country, subjugating another country? Oh, Biden never bombed nobody. Biden. Uh, he, he never been president before. Uh, well, he was vice president when Benghazi he, was bombed, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was. But he yeah, and when was... Afghanistan and Iraq and a bunch of other places, he's been a senator Man, for thirty nine. Be... No, he's for thirty nine years. He's been a, in in office, right? Yeah, but he, he can't bomb nobody. He doesn't make the decision, the final decision. He's changed. Listen, they asked Biden, "How do you feel about the crime bill?" It was your bill. Can mm-hmm. we talk about the crime bill a little bit? Sure. All right, let's talk about the crime bill a little bit. The crime bill was bill that created possibilities to increase mass incarceration. I mean, it was already bad, right? But it increased mass incarceration. Exponentially. Yes, it did. Exponentially. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but but now he, they, they, he was questioned about this and they asked him, do you regret it? And he said, absolutely. He said, it was a horrible thing. I wish I'd never done it. I'm a changed man. And he also went on to say at his acceptance speech when he was, um, when he won the election, he said that he was going to repay black people and that he was a different person, right? Mm -hmm. So what he did in Benghazi or what his involvement in Benghazi or Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever else, it's a clean slate now. We got a different regime. This is the most diverse cabinet that the U.S. has ever seen, right? Yeah. Changes. How's it? I'm write this it's down. it's changes. only changes if the politics change, right? Just because you have a, a different cast of characters don't mean that the character changes. You know, well, you sure have people, does. you have, yeah? Yeah. You remember Wilson Good? I do. You're right. So they had Rizzo and then they had Wilson Good. And what happened from Rizzo, the, who was the, a staunch the characters white, did not change. racist tyrant. Right. Right? Right. Right. And he left office, you know, it's much like the person who was praising him, which was Donald Trump. Yeah, but see, here's the thing though, Dad. And he was replaced by a black liberal who did what? What'd he do? He dropped a bomb on residents in 1985, killing 11 people. But here's the thing about that, Dad. The characters didn't change, right? That cabinet wasn't the diverse cabinet that we're talking about. That was the same crew of people, Rizzo's cops. How many of them were Rizzo's people, right? There was mostly Rizzo's people in place, and they brought in some other people, a handful of person here and there. But the the diversity that is is in Biden's cabinet is from all walks of life, religion, right, right, colors. There's there there's no the color lines, right? We we got to talk about the color lines. All right, the color lines. All right, color son. Lines. All right, son. Well, on, let's talk about the color lines. Listen, uh, they were all different hues, but they were all taught by the same author. They were all indoctrinated by the same system, wasn't they? So it doesn't matter what hue they are. They all come talking about talking like uh, particular people, but we don't have, as black people here in the United States, we don't have religion. We don't have uh, our 
homelands well, teachings. Do we don't have that? we don't have our names. We don't have anything that we came over here with. So whose do we have? Whose ideals do we have? So just because they're different colors or different hues, they all have the same teachings. They all have the same teachings, man. And if you have the same teachings, you're going to perform the same way. There's going to be a slight difference here and there, but it's going to be the same stuff. And no matter who's been in office, they've all bombed people. They've all murdered in the name of business. And you can't say it's because of any kind of other benevolence. It's business because if it was to uphold our ideals or truth or anything that they're claiming those ideals were, are, they would have always done them, no matter who was in office. But no matter who was in office, they've done the same thing in, a, in, uh, in the spirit of America, which is the bomb and conquer. All right, well, but now, like, Biden said he was sorry, and he said he's changed. Yeah. Well, you got to give him a chance. Yeah, okay. Well, you gotta give him, I mean, look, 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 people can change. All right. I mean, listen, I'm 42 years old. I'm not the man I was two years ago. Right. Right? I've made some changes of some adjustments. Right. And I'm not the man that I was 20 years ago. Okay. From so, 20 to 40, right? Mm -hmm. So when people decide that they want to change, and that they want to make amends, right? I mean, he's he's talk he's already talking about making sure that African Americans receive the COVID shot. What? What's wait, what's funny about that? Go ahead. No, man. come on. Go ahead, finish your statement. No, you, Go ahead, finish your statement. I can't let you leave here. Well, what's it's up? funny that he gets to have all these amends, man. I, you know, and these second thoughts and these apologies because as a result of his bill, you got two point three million people in prison. You know, you have eight uh, eight hundred percent uptake on females going to jail. You have six uh, million people that are on probation or parole. Man, people gonna be do thanks thanks into his crime bill. So, if it's if he wants to uh, have this good feeling about his apology, won't he start with the people that he put in jail? Because I'm sure they like to say. If I had a chance to do it again, I wouldn't make that same mistake, man. I wouldn't, you know, I'm a changed man. You know, you don't think 30 years in jail have changed those folks in there? Or 30 days in jail, you know, would, would be all it would take for most people. This guy had 30 years and then a run for president before he made statements like that. So to give them a chance to say, oh, man, listen, I was wrong. If he can have a do-over, you know, and that's just a crime bill. We ain't talking what well, we did mention before about Benghazi and a bunch of other horrific things that happened since he's been in office. That. Yep. I'm going to say something. I hope you don't take this the wrong way. Probably will. And I hope the people out there don't take this the wrong way either. You sound like you want Trump back. Uh, I tell you. I'm not <laughs> as I'm not up, <laughs> as upset about his four years as a lot of folks, and it's not because uh, I'm supporting. Oh, uh, excuse me. Yep, I'm gonna explain it. I need you to explain. Okay, it. and I'm you gonna. Went, you not you not as upset. I'm not as I can't upset. Even say it. 
you're not as, uh, I can't even say it. Hold up. You're not as upset about his four years as a lot of other folks. Did I hear you say that? You heard me right. What, the, what, what, what does that mean? I just posted a thing on Instagram today. Right. Martin, I, I, Martin, I watched every episode of Martin in the 90s, big Martin Lawrence fan. Right. And Martin said, get the stepping. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And I posted it and instantly people, 500, 700, 800, 900, 1,000 people was like, yeah, yeah. Pretty much instantly. See, now you're taking too long before I explain why I said that. I need you to explain why you said that. Okay. I am not a Trump fan supporter, and I recognize evil when I see it, right? Okay. Okay. And Trump is the clown that everybody believes he is. But? But he is, you ever have chicken pox? Yes. 1986. Itches? Oh, yeah. Horribly, right? Oh, yeah. Calamine lotion. Walking around, pink, walking around pink for a week. Right. Yeah, that's Spots, it. You spot Spots. You spot it up, right? Up. Oh, yeah. It's, it's okay. nasty. One thing, you have those bumps all over your body, mm-hmm. right? But nope. they're sometimes mostly flat. You drink some tea, and that shit will pop up like lilies in a field, man. All those bumps, it, it brings them out. A sip of tea will bring it out. That's what Trump is. Trump is that T. And he brought all that racism out. He brought all that division out. All these people that were hidden away with their swastikas in their closets and all that paraphernalia in their basements. It was hidden away. One sip of that bastard and it all came out. Why is that good? Why because you can see them. But, but you, you can see those enemies. Well, okay, but if they are... January 6th. Yeah. January 6th. It brought them all out, man. And it wasn't just these guys that was hidden in closet. It was these guys that were in the military, on the police force, in all segments of society. It brought them out. It brought them out. Now, what would you rather have? These enemies unseen or seen? He let you see them. That rhetoric emboldened them, and it brought them out. He was that T. Now, now, because of this other guy who's saying, you know, I'm going to be the unifier or whatever right. other rhetoric right. he's saying, he's saying that, you know, it, it, it has them on the run. So now they're going to go back in the holes. It's going to go back in the holes. And you tell me which one is more dangerous. Yeah, okay. I understand what you're saying. But there's a lot of people that believe that those things can lie dormant until the point that they just kind of dissolve and maybe by that time people get a chance to change their minds, have a second second thought, a different a change of heart, whatever, right? Yeah. So if it lays dormant long enough, it dies and then, you know, you don't have that problem. You don't need to bring those things out and have that type of um Hatred floating around and flying around and flat and waving around like those flags, right? Well, you know, they were never lying dormant, you know, and you'll see them at certain times. You know, you see the fight about Confederate statues and ideals, you know, how people thought, you know, and fought to have those things 
stay erected rather than removed. You know, Christopher Columbus and Jefferson Davis and, you know. Uh-huh. You know, you see the fight with that. And so they came out, you know, and but Trump from the beginning, you know, down North Carolina where that woman got killed when he was first elected, man. You know, he brought them out and he said there were good people on both sides and, you know, the like. Those people came out, man. He was that T. And it's always better to have your enemies be known than unknown, I feel. So that's why I said it wasn't as upsetting to me as it was to others. And for the uh, record, and that goes for the rest of them that's, you know, like Rizzo. Like Frank Rizzo and and Bull Connor and all the rest of these uh, George Wallace's and you know, it brings the folks out that needs to be brought out so you can see them, so they can't hide anymore. So you know to tell your kids, you know, to watch out for these folks and they ain't as the peaceful people that they you know tried to appear. They were doing the same thing that a lot of other protesters done. They were exercising their right to protest. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that? We do that. Well, yeah. But uh, if a cop gets killed, we spent 40 years in jail, even though we didn't kill a cop. They got, you know, they got five, six people dead, two cops. And they're saying, okay, well, this guy, he, you know, he took the flag. Well, this this woman, she, you know, she stole some documents and was going to send them to Russia. But, you know. Everybody in the house got charged with a conspiracy in our case. Everybody. We couldn't prove you did it. We couldn't even prove you had a gun like your mom. But they, she spent 40 years in prison for a conspiracy. So where, where are these kind of charges with these folks? You know, they're already letting them go. They already had the uh, investigation. They wasn't culpable in anything else aside from, you know, I don't know, chasing a cop up the steps. Well, that's what Biden wants to change, right? He wants to change that. He wants to bring everybody together in a united front and move the entire country forward. He's saying he's he's not just the president for some of us Americans, right? He's saying he's the president for all of us, including the ones that were charging the steps and chasing the cops up the steps. Yeah, it must have been hard for you to, to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I'm trying to be optimistic yeah. in this situation. Well, you keep hope alive, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's it's interesting. Like, trying to play devil's advocate probably gives me a headache. <laughs> but it's necessary because we got to get this information to the people. You ready to get explicit? We're going to get explicit right now. Yeah, you going to anger some people. I got, a, I got a feeling with the response that I'm expecting from you right now. You going to anger some people. Barack Obama was the first black president in this country. Biden served next to him. So if Biden is bad and you saying Obama was bad, let's get explicit right now. I said everybody that held that office was a front man and a hit man for big business. I didn't I didn't say excluding Barack Obama. I said everybody who held that office. What did Obama do? Obama dropped more bombs on people in foreign lands than almost everybody. And while this system, including his vice president, had produced a crime bill that had so many 
people incarcerated. He didn't do much about it. And the things he did do on his way out, you know, he released a bunch of people that should have never been in there in the first place. You know, that had, oh, by the way, you know, he had a couple joints in his pocket and got 20 years. You know, those kind of people he pardoned. But anybody, he said there's never any kind of excuse, any reason that justifies any kind of response to cops. And this is before this preceded, you know, the knee on the neck. But they had plenty of examples of knees on the necks before he took office that he was well aware of if he read anything of the experience of uh, the black communities across this, uh, across this nation. You know, don't get me wrong, he, you know, he, he's a good orator and he said some, you know, some great speeches. But when it came to his greatest regret is what he said. What did he say his greatest regret was? Yeah. Uh, what did he say? Benghazi. As I said, hitman for big business. And it's not just in foreign lands, it's in this land too. And he did nothing, you know, listen, man. Anybody could see the thing that was coming up down the road with this thing with these cops. And some of it wasn't until his friend got hemmed up in his own house that he even spoke on it. Right. He did so more eloquently when it came to Trayvon Martin. That was a, that was a nice speech. But the substance of it in this in this country was that it, the substance substance wasn't put behind it. Well, he you didn't know, really do anything about it. He didn't f- condemn it as much as he should have. As the Just, first, but as the first black person to do anything, you have to step carefully because. You're the first. You don't want to be the first to do anything as a black person in this country. And he he did what he had to do to to open that door, right? And um, break down that barrier. As a black person, he made it easier for the next person to come behind him and make some of those changes that black people want to see changed, yeah, right? Well, who's the first black chief justice? Who are you talking about? Who? Well, uh, you talking about um. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall, Marshall. Right. and who was was followed by who? Uh, Mr. Thomas. Jesus Christ! You know, so Clarence Thomas. Yeah, you know, so you know, just because it's a person of a different hue, you know, you're not you're not trying to set an example as a black man. You're trying to set an example as a man, or as a person, as a caring human being. You know, and if you're not caring for the citizens, especially young, you know, you're talking a different language, man. You're talking a different language, and I definitely can't communicate with you. You know, if you're not caring for the folks that look like you, especially. But across lines also. So I take it you're not hopeful. In this presidency, that's what I gather from this conversation. You don't have any faith in the Biden administration. You didn't like Obama. That's clear. I'm that's- hopeful about the youth that responded about George Floyd. 
I'm hopeful in the youth that responded about Freddie Gray in Baltimore. And I'm hopeful about that youth who stood up to Don Lemon, who called them all kind of names. Don Lemon? Don Lemon, the, the reporter for CNN. Oh, the recent statements Anchor. he made. No, I'm talking about the statements he made at that time. Oh, during the uprising. Right. In Baltimore. And the young brother said, hey, man, you act like you care more about broken windows than you do broken spines. So I put my hope in brothers who will take action. And by action, I don't mean necessarily breaking up anything, but I'm saying speak truth to power. So I'm hopeful about the the new wave of people that come out with Black Lives Matter and stay that course as opposed to these phony speeches speaking to a bunch of folks in, you know, and in that capital who has uh, done more harm than those kids ever could. More harm nationally, internationally than those other other kids ever dreamed of doing. Most of the responses that I got on my social media feed was exactly that. Most people are hopeful. A lot of people think that Biden might be able to do something because of the pressure. Few people felt like the fear of like compl- complacency. But for the most part, people were hopeful. You know, this this pendulum is going to swing back and forth forever, man. You're going to have, you know, the, the Trump's getting in, the Biden's getting in. You know, you you know, people are going to come out in record numbers next time. It's the same old game, though, man. It's the same old game because in the end, people themselves are duped by capitalism, indoctrinated with, you know, this thing they think they need these folks. They Speak- think they need people to lead them. A lot of people are so hopelessly involved in politics and the voting because they feel like that's something that they can actually do. They don't feel like they really have the capability to change anything. And I think that's probably why people more easily put their hope in that politics. Well, they don't know what they don't know, right? Uh, If this is all you've been getting, you know, you don't know really about the absence of it. But, um, what was that place at in Russia where that they had that uh, nuclear explosion? Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Right. Mom, mom thanks, mom, thanks, thanks for thanks, the answer, mom. It was on the tip of my tongue and she got it out. Right. Thanks, mom. So Chernobyl, to this day, nothing can go in there. Nothing human can go in there. Well, without the mask and the suit and the whole respirator and all of that, right? Right. Right, okay. Without a you know, two and a half inch thick <laughs> suit and you know airtight and all this. But animals and the uh, environment is thriving in there. They did a, um, a special on that in RT, on RT. And uh, a wolf population and other animals, you know, are just frolicking in there, man. Oh, according to the report, anyway. Well, they showed them. They showed them. They That's showed what I'm saying, according yeah. to the report. So all I'm saying is with the absence of this interference, life will thrive 
And I suspect that it will do the same without politicians. All right, people, you heard it live and direct from the man himself, my daddy, Mike Africa Sr. That's all we got for this episode of On The Move with Mike Africa Jr. Thank you very much. See you on the next go round. Yo, that's it for the day, y'all. If you learned something new or you like what you heard, drop a raised fist emoji in the Instagram or Twitter at On The Move Podcast. And make sure you rate, review, subscribe to keep this movement moving. You got a comment? Hit me up at Mike Africa Jr. On The Move with Mike Africa Jr. is executive produced by me, Mike Africa Jr. and Tommy Oliver and produced and edited by Crystal Hill and made for the people.